Our reading this morning is from John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. And if you're following in the church Bibles, it's on page 1081. That's John 13, 1 to 7, page 1081. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great, and now Chris is going to come and speak to us. Good morning. Uh, Can you hear me? Good, good. Okay, good morning. Uh, Okay, what would you do if you had a week left to live? Uh, We had Youth Alpha last week and one of the questions that we asked during that session was actually, what would you do if you had one day to live? 
And it was interesting hearing some of the answers, and most of the answers kids saying that they'd want to go to some exotic location somewhere in the world or spend time with their family. And uh, it is quite a thing to sort of like wrap your head around. If you only had a week left to live, what would you do with that week? I guess most people in the world would probably say that they'd want to visit the Taj Mahal or the Great Wall of China or the Rocky Mountains or they'd want to bungee jump or, I don't know, some crazy thing, some extreme sport. But what would you do? Well, we're picking up the story here when Jesus had barely a day to live. And in the last week of his life, Jesus crammed in a whole lot of stuff. And everything that he did wasn't about what he wanted to do. It was about other people. And this example that we see from John's Gospel is one such a... It's amazing to think that Jesus, knowing that his time was short and also knowing how he was going to die, would take the time and the effort to just provide this beautiful little object lesson to his disciples in regard to what it means to be a servant. Right to the end, Jesus was thinking about other people rather than himself. And as I read this, there was just one or two things that began to really speak to me. And I hope that as I begin to try to share them and unpack them with you, uh, they'll speak to you in the same way. And I really want to draw your attention really to verse 3 and 4 to begin with, because I somehow think that verse 3 and 4 are kind of interconnected. It says, The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And I was just really thinking about the outer garment. What does, what does that really mean when Jesus took off his outer garment? Because on the face of it, it, you could just read into that that he's trying to make himself more comfortable to be able to perform the task in hand. But I really believe something, there's a real gem here that God wants to reveal to us. This outer garment is something that was worn by people that were either nobility or royal. It was a long garment on the end of the hem, and it was called a talit. And the fringes were called a sitzit. And the sitzit were meant to be white with blue thread. And the sitzit is the mark of authority that that person carries. It's a bit like a general when they have uh, stars on their sleeves or a sergeant has stripes on his arm or even if you went to Oxford or Cambridge like me, you would have like a school tie which would show you what college you went to. I didn't go to Oxford or Cambridge. It's a symbol of authority. It shows who you are. In essence, it reveals your identity. And there's something really... What was it that she looked for? She looked for the hem of the garment. Because she could see on the hem of Jesus' garment the mark of his authority. She could see that he was royalty. And so really when she touched the hem, she was expecting to receive something 
that that authority promised her. There's so much more to that story than sometimes we think. She reached out for the authority and we know that in the story she was healed. It's also very reminiscent of the time when David in the cave of of En Gedi, when Saul was searching for him to, to, to kill him, to take his life, he cut the hem of Saul's garment. In other words, what he was doing, he was, he was challenging the authority of Saul. When Jesus takes off the outer robe, he's laying errant power who he is to be a servant. It's such a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful thing that Jesus does. It's so, so beautiful because it's such an intimate account. It's just a wonderful way that Jesus shows us just how much he loves us, that he lays aside his authority. The task that should have been performed by the lowest of the lowest servant. The disciples called Jesus teacher and Lord. I wonder why it is that if they really, earlier in the Gospels, we see that there was a, uh, a bit of a dispute that arose between uh, James and John and the rest of the uh, disciples because James and John uh, had got to sort of like, you know, push the claim a little bit further. They wanted to sit on Jesus' left or right. What a contrast between the authority and the power that and the, in this world, we're all looking for authority, we're looking for position, we're looking for identity. We want, our, we want this is the very antithesis to the power and the authority of the kingdom of God. Are we prepared, as Jesus showed in this example, to lay down our rights, to lay down our power, our authority, for other people? Or do we want to assert ourselves? Do we want to assert our rights? To ensure that people know who we are. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is what I do in the church. This is my position. Are we going to be those kind of sand? There are so many times in my life where I know that God's been doing something with me that I don't understand. And quite often it's, it's not good. It's not, it's not nice for me. It means that I have to adjust. It means that I have to change certain things in my life. And God puts his finger on something. Or maybe a set of circumstances come about and you think, why is this happening? Relations. Why are these things happening? We don't understand. But there is a reason why Jesus is doing this. There's an example for us to follow. It's parts of our, to every aspect of our lives. You know, when Jesus came to Simon Peter. Simon Peter said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? He'd already washed the feet of all the other disciples, I would imagine, and left Peter to last. Because he would have known that Peter probably would have reacted that way. And when the hands of Christ was reaching out to the feet of Peter, that part of Peter that Peter didn't want Jesus to touch, he drew back. He drew his feet back. You're the teacher, you're the Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. But you know, the thing is, Jesus said to him, unless I wash your feet, 
So Peter said, well, if not my feet, then my head and my hands as well. Jesus wants every part of us. And when Peter realised this, he said, well, wash everything. Jesus wants is total access to our lives. Even to those aspects of our lives that we'd rather he didn't touch. See, the thing is, I think everyone in this room would probably agree with me that there are certain things in our lives that it feels uncomfortable for Jesus to touch. Certain things, certain, certain attitudes, maybe even certain sins. We say to Jesus, you can have everything, but not that. You can have every part of me, but touching that our lives. And unless we give him everything then we can have no part with him. Because discipleship is giving Jesus. He knew that he didn't deserve to have Jesus wash his feet. He kind of knew that from time to time, all the way through his walk with Jesus. But he didn't really want Jesus to touch his feet. He shouldn't be doing that. What area of our lives are we saying to Jesus right now, you can't touch that. Be painful part with Jesus at all. He said, then you're going to have everything. Head, hands, feet, the whole lot. Now to me, the head, the hands and the feet are quite interesting. Where the mind is. Jesus wants our minds. He wants to renew our minds through the washing of the word. He wants our thoughts, our minds, our attitudes, our mindsets. They need to be, they need to be conformed to the image of Christ. He wants our hands because our hands are the things that we use to do the things that we shouldn't. He wants it all. So Peter says, have it all. Are we prepared to say, have it all? I know if I'm honest, I've wrestled with with these things all my Christian life. It's not easy because... When you know that Jesus wants it all and to be a disciple is to let him have it all, it's, it's not easy. But I think what God wants to say to us today is he wants every part of your life, even those parts that are hidden, even those parts. To be a servant involves allowing the grace and love of God into our lives and to give him total access. And that's uncomfortable and it's costly before ever we do a single thing for him. And then it becomes not so much what we're doing, but what God is doing in and through us. In Christ. So you can come to church, and you can come religiously, faithfully, week after week, month after month, year after year. You can sit in the pew and be in church. But that's not the same as being in Christ. Because you can come to church and deny God everything. You can come to church and do all the outward things and not allow God any access to your life whatsoever, let alone your feet. And when I'm talking about literal feet, but that part of your life that you don't want God to see. So are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Am I in Christ? The Bible says we should examine ourselves to see whether or not we're in Christ. If you're not, if you know that you're not in Christ today, 
then reach out to him. Give him your head. Give him your hands. Give him your feet. Give him that part of you that you've hidden all your lives. Because you know something? If you put your... He dried them. Those hands that the following day would have nails put through them were the same hands that washed the of a disciple. Is Jesus wanting to wash your feet today? How much more is Jesus wanting to reach out and touch that part of you that you don't want him to see? Confidence that that same Jesus who suffered and died in our place to set us free from the power of sin and death will reach out and touch your feet as well. Because God's love is freely available for each and every one of us. When he died on the cross, he died for every single individual. So if we reach out to him, and if we allow him, if we don't draw back, but if we say, my life is yours, he will heal us, he will save us, he will rescue us. And our lives can be hidden in Christ. Just say a prayer. Heavenly Father, just really want to thank you that through Jesus you showed us what it means to be a servant. And Lord, you said yourself you didn't come to be served but to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many. And Lord God, I pray today that there'll be one or two people here in this, this church who will reach out and allow you to touch every part of their, their being, that they might know you as Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name. Amen.